0: So, welcome everyone to another episode of She's in Tech. My name is Susan. I'll be facilitating the podcast today. And we have a special guest, Karina, as well as Daisy, who's been on the podcast in the past. And we're going to talk a bit about community and developer relations. So, just for a short intro, again, my name is Susan. Currently, I am I'm working as an apprentice here at This Dot. And
1: yeah. Hi, my name is Daisy Nolan i am a self-taught engineer so i left my marketing job in 2019 to pursue a career as an engineer and i'm now the sole front-end engineer at a company called trigger mesh and you can follow me on twitter at daisy underscore nolan Hi everyone, my name is Karina
2: Luke and I'm currently the Community Manager at Google on the North American Developer Ecosystem Team, so supporting and empowering our developers all across uh, North America, and increasing like the adoption of Google Tech and accelerating the tech use- ecosystems in the US and Canada. Super thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me.
3: Awesome. Did you work your tail off to get that senior developer gig just to realize that senior dev doesn't actually mean dream job? I've been there too. My first senior developer job was at a place where all of our triumphs were the bosses and all the failures were ours. The second one was a great place to continue to learn and grow, only for it to go under due to poor management. And now I get job offers from great places to work all the time. Not only that, but the last job interview I actually sat in was a discussion about how much my podcast had helped the people interviewing me. If you're looking for a way to get into your dream job, then join our Dev Heroes Accelerator, not only will we help you get the kind of exposure that makes you attractive to your dream employer, but you'll be able to ask them for top dollar as well. Check it out at devheroesaccelerator.com. So yeah,
0: Karina, if you don't mind giving us a little bit of background of, you know, sort of what your professional background is and just how you landed in your current role. Yeah. So it actually, I
2: started in a very different space. So with an undergrad and bachelor of science degree, so pre-med, and that was in University of Waterloo. So i originally from Canada. And then ended up working at an innovation hub based in Waterloo, supporting a community of startups and tech companies and entrepreneurs, helping them to start groups succeed and building out educational programs and resources and things like that uh, for about seven to eight years. And then after that, made a big move to California, um, where I currently am at at Google and empowering developers and uh, founders there. So it's been a long ride. Like I just recently relocated like three years ago. But oh, wow. I mean, with the pandemic and everything going on, it's definitely, I'm sure as with every other, like, as with everyone else, you know, it's been a challenge for sure. But a lot of learning.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Is this, um, so in terms of switching over to Google, did you feel like there was a huge shift in your role in terms of the type of tasks that you do, or even the size of the team that you work with? Or did you feel like, you know, it was a pretty good transition uh, moving from your previous role here to one specifically at Google?
2: Yeah. So, what in terms of like the day to day and my team itself, like a lot of it was quite familiar, like program management and community management too. Whereas, like at my previous in my previous role, I was mostly focused around like startups and founders and accelerate programs and things like that. Where here, it's kind of like a, a mix of all developers, or maybe they're in currently looking into transitioning into a tech role, or they're just interested in technologies and have like similar um, interests in technologies and those type of communities. So in a way, it's kind of like the same. So it wasn't too, too much of a learning curve for me um, and transitioning into my current role.
0: Very cool. So, you know, it sounds like even between companies, you are in a similar role. So, you know, after some experience, do you feel like there are some definitive ways yet that you've been able to define success in your role, whether it's something that you've learned, you know, even from maybe school before going into this role, or if you've had some outside experience before project management, do you feel like there's some key points that you've noticed like, hey, you know, I've seen this consistently have a positive effect, you know, in different companies and different roles? I don't know. So, I mean, how would you define success in your role?
2: Being able to create like a space for the developers you know that's what we're trying to create a community a diverse and inclusive community as well so being able to like establish and build those type of relationships with those community members as well i think that's essentially important of course like you know like being able to provide the resources that they need in order to achieve success within their communities and sustain the communities and like being able to network and also build those type of relationships, even internally within your, your team members. I think that's super helpful. Um, you know, everyone has comes from different backgrounds and has different experiences as well. So being able to leverage that, you know, some of them can be potentially your mentors and things like that. If it's a particular role that you're looking into, I think being able to reach out to those that you already have, like within graphs, again, like your team or even members in your community, I think as you're exploring and looking into getting into a role, whether it's in tech or non-tech, I think that's uh, super helpful.
0: That's awesome. I love that you do focus on inclusivity and, um, you know, especially as women in tech and just women in these kinds of roles, I feel like, you know, sometimes there are some situations we have to navigate through that's a little bit more me- unique sometimes. Um, and I know for myself, you know, developer relations is a part of what I'm doing as, a, as an apprentice here at this dot. And you know, honestly, it's different than what I thought it would be. And it's a little bit different than what I thought I would be doing in this role because, you know, I initially came into this role wanting to do 100% coding. And I was convinced this is exactly what I want to do. I want to be heads down and code the whole time. And then I realized, hmm, I know there's other stuff out there. So I was a little bit curious and wanted to explore. And I started going to DevRel and I was a little bit nervous at first. I won't lie because I'm pretty introverted. I, you know, I'm, Shy, super shy when it comes to public speaking, which I know is ironic that I'm also into this podcast, but, you know, it's been a really good experience to help me get out of my shell a little bit. And I think that's really helped me to not only better understand myself, but better understand others in the community. Because I know there's other people who are also on the introverted side, uh, maybe afraid to talk publicly or just afraid to speak in general or talk with large groups of people. But I think that's what's really awesome about The community and community relations in DevRel, because it really does bring people together in that way. And, you know, to have people in project management roles and upper management in general, um, to really keep that in mind, like, hey, we want to be inclusive. You know, we want to make sure that we're also including underrepresented groups. I mean, that's where it all starts, right? And it's awesome that you guys are in this position where you can lead by example, if you will, and that all trickles down to everyone else. Um, So I really appreciate that you are definitely including that in your day to day. Do you feel like the companies, you know, past or present that you've worked with also support that? Did you find it harder to try to implement some of those things, such as being more inclusive including underrepresented groups or anything, sort of in your teams?
2: I think within my team specifically, you know, we already have kind of like like a, the the backbone of our, our team members with women tech makers programs and things like that already kind of built out. So the resources and things like that was already there in order to, you know, be able to share that with our external developer communities and building that, you know, ensuring that, you know, we're building a world where all women can thrive and, you know, have successful careers in techs. So with that coming into this this team, that was already kind of said. and then also leaning on, I think you also had Kubra, who's uh, my colleague as well on the, the podcast as well, and she was kind of like basically you know someone that I leaned on, on as well as because she, she was previously in my role before becoming the regional lead for the North American Developer Ecosystem team, and she kind of helped me to pave the way um, and finding these different resources and how we can continue to support our leaders and women leaders in our community to help them, you know, achieve success and things like that, too.
1: That sounds amazing. So I know with my marketing background, when I first started uh, looking for roles, I had a lot of recruiters suggest uh, developer relations uh, for me as a career path. However, I did not know what that was. Like Susan said, I felt like I just wanted to spend, you know, majority of my time coding, And it was something that I just didn't like look into. I I love coding full time, but just for our listeners, so they understand exactly what developer relations is, because I feel like depending on the company, they might have a different view. Like I said, I always thought it was majority more marketing. So how would you say that role looks like at Google? Could you like explain? Uh, And then Susan, if you could explain what it looks like for you too, that way I feel like it'll help our listeners Definitely see if that's going to be a good uh, like avenue for them.
2: Yeah, I think within this role, you do tend to wear a lot of different hats. So that's why it's kind of difficult to really like figure out like what it entails. And that will vary between the different companies as well. Um, so specifically to my role, it's a lot of like planning of events, managing the communities, supporting them with a resource that we have internally and even externally, and kind of building that community spirit. So that way you can, like things that you're you're working on, like creating a more diverse, inclusive environment for them and a safe space for folks to be able to join in on the events and the programs that you're offering. So that's kind of, and that also ties to around marketing as well, right? Because the brand and everything, the Google developers brand and things like that, that's at that all kind of like it's a an encompassing role. So that's kind of like the gist of what, my role.
1: <laughs> no, that makes sense. I'm glad you said, like wearing the multiple hats, because like I said, when I was going through interviews, when I first started, I, I kept hearing it, but I had no idea what it was. And I found that when I asked, like everybody's uh, definition was a little bit different. So I like that you said it. it just depends on the company, because you might be, you know, wearing multiple hats and juggling different mm-hmm. things.
0: Definitely. I would say, especially with DevRel here at This thought, they focus a lot on enriching the community. So that usually involves a lot of event planning, a lot of community outreach, a lot of company outreach as well uh, to offer events such as contributees that we have. So we bring different industry professionals. Um, some of them might be core contributors to different libraries or frameworks, um, or just people who have used um, specific technology in their day to day in their jobs. And it's basically like an open panel where they'll talk to the public, you know, whoever wants to listen in, you know, give product updates, um, anything about latest releases and answer questions. And I think, you know, sometimes it's really hard to find the right people to do like a Q&A with where, you know, as a junior dev, for example, you know, I might have some questions for someone who created a library that I'm trying to implement into a project, but I don't know the best way to reach out to them. And I feel like these type of events create a really safe environment and a safe space for people like me, for example, to ask those questions, but also something a little bit more formatted for the people, uh, like for the guests, for example, so that they are able to actually interact with the community who's using stuff that they've created or they use themselves. So in my specific role, though, I focus a lot on junior devs. So I try to be sort of the encouraging aunt, if you will, especially on Twitter. You know, we like to look at different projects that people are working on. We love it when people talk about the progress in their coding journeys, because it's going to look different for everyone. Sometimes people might have really productive and great days. Sometimes people might be struggling. Sometimes people have other obligations that force them to, you know, sort of put coding on the back burner for a little bit. But it's awesome to see that passion from people. And, you know, I think it takes a lot for people to to share that because it can be, a, you can be in a very vulnerable position, right? Sometimes it's scary to talk about, you know, things you're struggling with or even sharing your projects. Like, honestly, I love it when people share their projects because they're basically, I feel like they're just like showing their heart, you know what I mean? Like all their hard work. And so how can you, I don't know, I guess from my perspective, it's like, how can you not be encouraging when someone is working so hard? And, you know, I've noticed that especially for new devs, many of them are coming in from a non-technical background. They're usually doing some sort of career change, whether it's because they don't really enjoy the the field that they're in now, or, you know, in a lot of cases, honestly, this was definitely one of the factors for me where I was like, Hey, I enjoyed my other job, but I wasn't making enough money. And, you know, I hate to, to simplify it to that, but I know for a lot of people, like this is real, like they have bills to pay. And especially with, you know, COVID and the quarantine going on, a lot of people lost their jobs. Right. So it's like, hey, what's another way, you know, where I can take some time to learn, but I can make some money working from home. And so, you know, when I attended my boot camp, for example, granted, this was pre-pandemic, but a lot of people came in with similar stories like that, where they're like, hey, you know, you know, I'm having to make more money because of this and that, or there's just other situations where I'm just not being fulfilled at my job. So why not try tech? And so I I think being able to, and I know that's a lot of information for people who are listening, but having that context when you're trying to relate to people, I think is so important because you're trying to be empathetic. You're showing empathy to the community. You're showing empathy to developers. And a lot of times, you know, when people think about engineers, empathy is not necessarily the first thing that they think of. And I think developer relations and community relations is a really good way to kind of break that stereotype because, you know, Everyone's different. Everyone has different skill sets. Everyone has different interests. And I think that's what makes a lot of engineering teams unique where, hey, people are coming from different backgrounds have different skill sets. But the fact that we can all come together and share that and create something really cool, like it's that's such a cool thing to do. So, you know, in general for me, even though I am, you know, still kind of looking at different paths in tech, if you will. I feel like overall, though, there's sort of this underlying goal, like, hey, we're all just trying to share information, work together and collaborate and just create something awesome for people. So I love that in this role. And then I guess DevRel in general, that's something that we can more outwardly focus on. So hopefully those efforts are being shown that way. I think, you know, I'm still definitely in the early learning stages of DevRel, but um, Karina, like a lot of the information you shared has been really helpful to kind of reinforce that. So for anyone who's listening, who's interested in developer relations, you know, I think doing small things such as encouraging people on Twitter or on social media, or even doing code review or giving feedback to someone's project is a really great way to
1: start. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because I am one self-taught and then two, someone that uh, changed careers. I really did look at Twitter as a way to like communicate with, you know, other developers and look at their journey because I kind of felt alone because I didn't know any other like female engineers. And even though my husband's an engineer and I was able to, you know, ask him questions, it was more of a, like, how does this journey look for other women? And so being able to join Twitter and, and ask questions and post about my journey, I received so much encouragement, but as well as, you know, so many people that you know write the libraries that I use every day, just you know answering my questions. It's it's amazing how much I got out of <laughs> got out of Twitter and and yeah. And Susan, when you said that you're like the the aunt, I definitely see that in a lot of your posts because I do follow you on Twitter and just seeing all of your encouraging posts to people. You know, even if someone is is feels discouraged, like you always comment on their posts, like you know saying you can do it and great job. Like I. I love that because it is really scary it doesn't matter what field you're going into if it's a if it's a new field something new it's very scary and daunting and to have someone or to be vulnerable and be able to explain like your journey and like what you build like it takes a lot of guts and you know it's great to have you know people like you who are kind of like the cheerleaders like yes do it you know great job because that that really does help especially with, you know, I feel like majority of engineers do have imposter syndrome. So getting that feedback that yes, you're doing a great job and just keep at it. Like, I think, I think that definitely helps. So what y'all do is so beneficial. It really is. Yeah. And I totally agree. Like that
2: energy to that positivity it's it, it's contagious right and it you never really know you know being empathetic what someone else is going through the challenges mm-hmm. and things like that especially with like the pandemic that happened last year and still ongoing as well so being able to leave with empathy and being compassionate I think that that, that, that can definitely go a long way for sure and being able to find a a safe space and a community that you can lean towards too. Don't be afraid to ask questions and things like that because others are probably going through the same thing.
3: Hey folks, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been working a lot on figuring out how to help people become the most valuable developers on their teams or becoming the top 5% of developers in the field. If you're looking to level up, figure out how to contribute more, get the career you want, get the career that you want that will support the lifestyle you want, then you should check out the Most Valuable Dev Summit. I've invited some of my friends across the community, people that you've heard of, people that have worked on systems that you use on a daily basis, people who have invented new ways of doing things over the years in programming, and I've asked them one question, and that question is, how do you become a top 5% developer? How do you become one in 20 of the best developers out there? And so we're going to go ahead and have that conversation with them in interviews on the most valuable dev summit and you can find that at summit.mostvaluable.dev
0: yeah i mean i completely agree with you guys where i guess just like reflecting on myself i am so shy like it's annoying almost and i remember when i was going through my boot camp and you know coming from a non-technical background i was kind of like oh god i don't know what i'm doing so you know internally, it is it is part of it is imposter syndrome, right? I'm going back and forth on, well, everyone's new. So, you know, we're all here to learn, like we're all on the same team here. And then the other side of me is like, mm-mm, mm-mm, don't show people that, it looks weird. And it's, you know, and it's so encouraging, especially as a junior dev myself to see other people. They're like, hey, I know this isn't great, but this is what I've worked on. I would love feedback. And, you know, and Daisy, thank you for that feedback too, because sometimes I just, I don't know, how the posts can come off sometimes like I want to be encouraging but I also want to make sure I'm delivering that information in a way that truly makes the other person feel good versus them thinking oh this is just some canned response and like anyone who's listening and actually follows this.media twitter and if you see like a lot of replies to people like we legit like read the post look at the sites like give real feedback and so like I'm hoping that other people will follow suit and showing that empathy and like Karina, I love that, again, being in this sort of more leadership position, not only are you thinking about the teams that work with you, but other leaders that are adjacent, right? The other people who, you know, also manage other teams and have, you know, a bit of buying power, if you will, to help change the direction that these communities can go sometimes. And I think we definitely need more leaders like you who not only look inward, but also look outward. So I hope, you know, other people who are in similar positions as you in terms of, being in a management role can also follow suit where empathy is important, inclusivity is important, diversity is important. And there's a reason why these things are emphasized, right? It's not just a, like, this isn't just a trend. This isn't just like, oh, the next hot thing. Like, this is, these are truly things that, you know, us as, you know, being part of the community believe that we can steer the community in the right direction, you know, feeling that people are, you know, meant to to work in these fields like people belong here and this information should be accessible
1: yeah yeah Uh, so I have a question I want to know more about did you say you were in pre-med at first yeah okay I'd love to to hear more about that transition because that is amazing and I feel like so many more people are you know transitioning you know from other fields so I'd love to learn more about that
2: yeah, I mean, growing up in a Chinese Asian family, you know, like, you know, those type of expectations of, you know, going into pre-med or being a lawyer or accountant, mm-hmm. what have you, <laughs> kind of like, you know, that's already predetermined for you. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of like, I, I truly do enjoy like being in, like studying sciences and things like that. But then I started working at this innovation hub as I was studying for my MCAS, And then I started to realize, you know, like a lot of the things that I learned in school, a lot of it was textbooks you know i didn't learn like these interpersonal skills and things like that how to interact with people you didn't really you don't really learn that through school but through um, my work and working with these startups and working with a a team that was focused around like the business side and non-technical things and these uh, applied skills that you don't can't learn through a textbook that was something that i really really enjoyed and being able to continue to support entrepreneurs in that way like it's similar to susan i was I was super, super like an introvert and I still am, but I'm still working on that as well. But being able to be in this type of role and force myself to be a part of like events and running these events and kind of being the voice for the communities and things like that, that's kind of helped me to, you know, open my shell a bit more as well. And, you know, having these other team members to lean on as well. And as mentors as well, being able to, you know, whether, whether it's, through courses that you take like public speaking and things like that you know there's a lot of different resources that you can definitely take advantage of so definitely don't be afraid to like ask questions and things like that within your team or even to to other leaders in the community that um about anything you know especially for specific roles that you're looking to go into There's definitely lots to learn through their experiences.
1: Yeah, I like the opposite. I'm an extrovert for sure. You can ask anybody that knows me. I talk nonstop and I will like talk to anybody grocery store. Yeah. I'll just have a conversation with people. My mom used to say I can have a conversation with a brick wall, but I was a (laughs) communications major. So my concentration was uh, public relations. So I did take interpersonal classes, but like you said, it's really hard to learn that from a textbook. I hate to say I made like a B in that class. So you would think, oh, communications, that's easy. You're just talking no I mean there's a there's a lot behind it but it's so great that seeing you both I wouldn't have thought that y'all would were introverts until like you said that because it takes so much courage for y'all to to join this call and but it's great that y'all are able to to see that and and say there's ways that you could become more confident and you know like like the public speaking. Uh so yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, just just ask your manager for help or, you know, like you mentioned, the community. The I feel like the deaf community is just amazing. <laughs> um like I said, you ask for questions, there's so many people just willing to jump in and help. I'm sure there's, you know, people that are more eloquent speakers than me that could would be willing to to help. People get break out of that shell and be more confident.
0: No, that's awesome. that's actually a really great tip too, Daisy. Because I think we forget often that you know, especially if you start a new company, for example. Like, I think a lot of us want to do a good job, right? We want to show that we can do the work and that we can be successful. And we often forget that it's okay to ask for help. And so, you know, one of the biggest tips that we usually share is, you know, reach out when you when you need support. Because, like, you guys are absolutely right. There are so many people out there who are willing to to share their knowledge and help other people. So most of the time it's just a matter of someone asking. And so I would definitely encourage people, you know, who do need that support whether you're a, a junior dev, whether you're a senior dev, whether you're a CEO of your company, like it doesn't matter about your position or your experience. It's just, you know, try to reach out the best you can, you know, when you do need that support and it does seem like there are people who are like, "Hey, I have experience in that." Or, "Hey, I've also been through that. So let me share with you what I've done. And yeah. I think that's, you know, for any community, that's great. But specifically for the dev community, where there's so many different backgrounds and so many different experiences. And, you know, nowadays, we see a lot of organizations and companies coming together to, to support that. Um, and that's really awesome. Like, I mean, so talking about all these tips, I guess, question for really both of you. I mean, do you feel like you guys have some tips for other women in tech who are either you know, trying to pursue the project management type of role like you're in, Karina, or even just working sort of more on the more technical dev side that you are, Daisy?
1: Yeah, so like one piece of advice for those that are, I think, maybe starting on as a junior at a company, there's, don't be afraid to ask questions. And like, that's the one thing we, you know, we're really talking about in this call. I was on a podcast last month and the, the speaker of the podcast is a senior uh, manager and said that nine times out of 10, the juniors do not ask enough questions, that you as a junior should be asking questions throughout the whole day, because that's how you're going to learn, right? So if you're feeling like you're asking too many questions, guarantee you know, you're probably not asking enough. If you're asking too much, I'm sure somebody would come up to you and say, Hey, that's a lot of questions, but yeah, just, just keep asking. The worst is spending. This is from experience spending five hours on a a bug because I was too stubborn to ask for help and ended up, it was a one line fix that should have taken me five minutes. And it took me five hours because like I said, I was stubborn and I didn't want to ask for help because I was afraid I was going to be perceived that I didn't know what I was talking about or doing. Mm -hmm. So not really specifically for females, but really specifically for, for, I mean, anybody in the field, just ask those questions because the, uh, the more questions you ask you can find different solutions for the same problem. That's one, one thing like I love collaborating with other engineers is because I can learn new ways, probably more performant ways too, of, you know, how to write my code. So yeah, the, the my number one tip is to to just ask for for help. Join communities, there's so many great like free resources out there where you can collaborate with other engineers. And speaking of collaborating, definitely try to work on open source. That's a great way to work with other engineers, practice code, especially if you're looking at applying to a role soon. Uh, maybe you're trying to break through, break into the industry. Yeah, look at open source. That's a really great way to kind of like prepare for for work, you know, working on PRs, pull requests and, and looking at issues and being able to, to take feedback. From your like code reviews, so yeah, those are my little tips. Yeah, I think I would also
2: double down on asking questions as well, similar to what Daisy mentioned. You know, because I, like I've been guilty of this too. You know, some prefer to be wait to wait to be asked for something because you don't want to store things up. But when you really think about it, sometimes when in being asked, you basically are leaning into the desires of others and not really think about yourselves. And so by asking, you really cultivate that courage as well and be able to, you know, ask those questions so that you're able to get the response that you need. Um And then like the other thing is just, you know, overall, you know, with the pandemic and everything going on, taking care of yourself. And if you don't make time for your wellness, this is a quote that I, I've seen, like you'll be forced to make time for your illness, you know. A lot is happening, you know, especially if you're looking to, you know, I feel like as a, a woman, you've, and especially in an and under, being under, underrepresented in the tech industry, you know, you feel like there's all these checklists and the, a list of boxes that you need to take, both in your careers and even personal, uh, in your personal lives as well. So, you know, really being taking the time to take care of yourself, do what you got, got to do, um, whether it's like taking time for yourself, investing in yourself, and then, you know, knowing that, Things will happen eventually, but, you know, take the time that you need at, at your own pace. You know, don't really compare yourselves to, to others' paths because everyone's path and journey is totally different from yours. Um, And that's what makes you unique. So you'll, you'll get there, whatever dreams you, you want, you know, manifest it, right? Think about it, figure out a plan, and, mm-hmm. you know, it will happen.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you guys for sharing those. I feel like you know, time and time again, we'll share these kind of tips, but sometimes that reinforcement is needed. You know, I know for myself, it definitely has been. So I appreciate you guys sharing that.
3: Our sponsor today is This.Labs, a best-in-class consultancy specializing in staff augmentation, architecture support, and leadership, and training for startup and enterprise organizations. Find out more at this.labs.com or send us an email at hi at this.co.
0: So we're actually going to move on to the next segment of the podcast here, where Staff picks. Very exciting. (laughs) So to give everyone a short overview, we're going to kind of go around the room and share something really cool, something that we like. It's not necessarily going to be tech related, but, you know, we'll talk about things that we enjoy. And for me, man, mine's always food related. So But I've been, so I've been in a new area, a new work environment, if you will. And I'm much closer to a Trader Joe's, which is not typically that close back at home for me. So I have been obsessed, like grossly obsessed with the, like the sweet and spicy pecans that they have, like in their nut section. Like, my God, they are delicious. Like it's bad because like, you're only, you're only supposed to have like a handful of nuts a day or whatever. And I literally found myself probably finishing the bag, which is way more than one handful. So, you know, for health purposes, everyone keep it to one handful a day, but if you haven't tried them and like, for me, I can't eat just straight up raw nuts. So having something with flavor that's roasted or something is really nice, but dang, get you some sweet and spicy pecans from Trader (laughs) Joe's.
1: I love you. But it's pecan, not pecan. I'm just joking. Oh, man. Right. This yes. is a debate. Okay. This is yes. a debate. Okay. I'm from Louisiana. It's pecan. Sorry. Oh, I, <laughs> I know everybody says it differently. I just, I'm just joking. Okay. But you know, I'm, I'm a, I also pecan. say pecan as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm outnumbered. Everybody that's listening, we get on Twitter. Is it pecan or pecan? A pecan. Okay. Mm. Wait, one thing. Do you say pajamas or pajamas? Pajamas, oh, pajamas. Oh, I say PJs. Okay, PJs. But... PJs yeah, pajamas, I say pajamas. Yeah. So if anybody pajamas. else, okay, pecans and pajamas. Like, <laughs> let me know <laughs> on Twitter because I'm really. Yeah, I was I'm like, like maybe the I'm to the odd man out. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm gonna have to try those pecans from Trader Joe's. Their banana yogurt <laughs> is amazing it's probably not healthy yogurt. I don't know, but it's okay. To me, it tastes like like the banana Laffy Taffies, which are the best. Oh, interesting. They're really good. But my staff pick is I have been crocheting. So this is a scarf. I know we we don't have video, but I just have to show it off. So I've been... It's beautiful, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. I've been pretty stressed out. So I decided... That I was like, I was going to crochet uh, my grandmother tried to teach me when I was like 12. And at that age, I didn't think it was cool. A couple of years ago, my, my grandmother passed away. And I wish I could say that right when, you know, when that happened, that I, I felt nostalgic and thought I would get into it. But no, Like I said, I was really stressed out and was like, I need a hobby. I tried painting, but it was just too expensive <laughs> of a hobby and I wasn't really good. So I was like, you know what? I'm going I'm to try crocheting again. So I did. And my great aunt actually sent me my grandmother's old crochet needles. So it's now yeah. I got that nostalgia too. But I will say YouTube is amazing to learn free things. I Yes, I learned how to crochet when I was really young, but I didn't keep up with it. So I went to YouTube and found all these great <laughs> free videos to teach myself how to crochet. So if y'all were looking for a hobby, I would recommend crocheting or knitting. You can make these like really cool things like bags, scarves. I made coasters that look like rugs called a mug rug. So yeah, that's <laughs> my stuff. That's, my that's
2: so <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome and for me i'm i'm also going to be leaning i'm a big foodie as well so i discovered if you're in the bay area this new place it's called devil's teeth baking company they have some really amazing breakfast sandwiches you know homemade buttermilk biscuits you know if you're watching your weight or counting calories definitely don't probably not recommend you to go there but definitely I recommend you to try it at least. You know their scrambled eggs, some pepper jack -jack cheese. You know everything. It's just, it's massive. Like it weighs like probably five pounds, but it's definitely delicious. And they have these really light and dusty beignets that they that they bake fresh every weekend as well. My lord. So yeah, and a bunch of other like sweets. All their sweets are pretty much uh, delicious. So if you're ever in the Bay Area, I'd highly recommend you to try or even check out their Instagram page or because you can just (laughs) I'm gonna make a special trip
1: when everything's opens up because like I said I'm from Louisiana so I love beignets and I love trying people's I always say interpretation of beignets actually I found some amazing ones not in New Orleans so I'm like yeah when things open up I'm I'm gonna try that place what what, can you say the name of it one more time It's Devil's Teeth Baking Company.
0: As I Google them right now. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you guys for sharing those. Hopefully people listening in will try some of these and let us know what they think. So yeah, this wraps up the end of this Cheese and Tech episode. Again, And thank you to Daisy and thank you to Karina for joining us, sharing their stories, their experiences, and tips with us. Um, Hopefully the listeners have been able to get some cool tips out of this. And we're always open to answering questions. So feel free to email us or catch us on Twitter. You can reply or DM us or anything on this.media on Twitter. Again, my name is Susan. You can catch me on Twitter at Suki Supremo.
1: And my name is Daisy Nolan. You can follow me online linkedin twitter or look at my github and it's a daisy underscore nolan i'm not very creative hence my all my <laughs> handles are my name but yeah dixie underscore nolan and i'm
2: karina lu um, you can find me on linkedin i'm not quite active on twitter but yeah you can follow me on linkedin thanks for having me
0: awesome thanks for being here and thanks everyone for listening in